Welcome to the Carl Reader Show. So today on the Be Your Own Boss podcast, I am delighted to have James Sinclair. Now, James said, well, I can call him whatever I like, but I'm going to be polite and call him the millionaire clown. Oh, bless you. James, great to have you on here. Tell us more about James. Well, Carl, thank you very much for having me on as well. Um, what do you want me to tell you about me? Where, where I started? Well, since you kicked in your radio voice, um, <laughs> tell us a bit about who James is. James Sinclair is a very attractive man from Essex. Um, I've done <laughs> Aren't a, we all? I've done a bit of modelling in my time, balloon modelling, hey? <laughs> which is very true, actually. Now, um, I, I, I kicked off my sort of entrepreneurial life when I was about 15, doing magic shows and kids' parties, uh, and built that up. Um, we own a chain of indoor play centres now, day nurseries, um, and we've got a couple of outdoor visitor attractions, one in Essex, one in Eastbourne, and the sites go from up to Oxford, down to Southampton, right up to Cambridge, Ipswich, Basel, Lakeside, Wembley, and all in between. There's a lot of sites now. We employ about 400 people. We make a million quid a year, might turn about 10 million pounds a year. Uh, and I've got quite a good interest in property as well. And my real passion is still being on stage, but rather than doing stuff for families and audience, which I still do at some of our sites, I've really gone into speaking at business events and um, every day absolutely every day I produce a video um, or my team produce a video of me speaking or giving some business content for free to entrepreneurs around the world um, and then we coach a few entrepreneurs and do some group coaching and seminars and stuff which I'm very passionate about and I love doing. Fantastic so listen if we can rewind just a bit I want to go yep. through your journey um, so that listeners can understand what it was you did how you did it and hopefully take some inspiration from that yeah, so course, how, yeah. how did you get started? Well, how did I get started? I, I suppose, I think entrepreneurs and business owners, they're, they're, there's some DNA within us that's, you know, there's some resilience in there, there's some uh, natural talent for hard work. And I, I think there is a, a talent for being able to work hard and get through things more than most because some people just don't want to work sure. as hard as other people and I think as we get older we just have to learn to accept that it's not that they're lazy some people just just why differently yeah and they've got more mm. of an appetite to to get things done and I think so I've got, had some you know I left home when I was very young and I needed to earn some money um, and I loved entertainment and I just fused those two together so I started an entertainment business sure. doing things for families. And this was kids parties Kids parties, discos, uh, magic shows, weddings, that sort of thing. All around London and the home sure. counties. So I'm hoping it's like Essex, Hertfordshire, you know, those counties. Uh, that, and I just went in and I started from there. Uh, and then I started buying properties and renting them out. And it just grew from being a sole trader, really. But I think the big difference between myself and lots of other people is I knew that I wanted to get to own visitor attractions and I thought well the first step was to start a little business within that space and I thought if I could entertain at some visitor attractions and build up a following that would give me the base level of understanding sure. a sole trader business before we went into building a bigger business. Yes so so that's it so you built the sole trader business you were doing yeah. parties you were building a bit of a reputation yeah. a bit of a customer base and a knowledge base of Absolutely. how business works and I imagine you hit the off play market at the perfect time yeah I, I suppose the, the, the reason I went into that was because I lost my mum when I was quite young mum died when I was 17 I'm sorry to hear that yeah it, it, and it was a tough time and when I realised she had MS I, I sort of okay. knew it was coming you know, she, I never lived with her and I, but she died and 
and didn't have anything when she died and that was a bit of a, a wake-up call that we as we get older we could get ill sure and being a sole trader one of the scariest things about being a sole trader is you're swapping time for money and using your yes. hands and I was just a little bit afraid that if I didn't build something beyond my own personal income what I was billing if you like sure. uh, what would happen mm. and I wanted to build some stuff around me so that if I got ill or sick or I couldn't work for a few weeks that I could still pay my bills and live so first thing you know, I thought right I'll do some investment property but that's you know business uh, the investment property or properties and appreciation game the rent goes up yep. over time the value goes up over time so it's not you need to make sure you've got a cash flow business sit inside your investment sure. side of your business so um, uh, th- I had to think you know how can I do that and you know I want to leverage off the database that I've got the management team that I had so first of all we set up an events business we hired out bouncy castles uh, photo booths and equipment so that was the next run of the step of the ladder up sure. then we set up an agency and every year we tried to get a little bit bigger and bigger uh, and less me too so all the businesses up until what I thought at the time the play centre was all me too businesses you could easily do it with a bit of cash sure. and, and I hated businesses like that and I've worked hard over mm. the years to become less and less me so too so always find him at USP along the way yeah I mean, people talk about that USP thing it is a phrase mm. that's kicked about yeah. but I mean I mean, a true USP is where the market can't compete with you easily Yes. so for example you know a theme park for example you know even if you wanted to compete with them you've got to find the land you've got to build you know have millions of pounds to open it usp in many cases is it's high barrier to entry um so so i wanted to just make sure that every year that i worked in business i became higher and higher barrier to entry now i think there are some ways that sole traders small business owners can become uspe and high barrier to entry sort of the journey that we're on Mm. car we're both making content now that is such a low barrier to entry thing to do but also, well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I dispute that because well, I'm tell you, you and I, I, you and I have, um, we've racked up the years, haven't we? That's the thing. Yeah. So it, on the face of it, it seems like a really, you know, anyone could make mm. iPhone videos every single day. But the big problem with most human beings is they won't do it every day because no. they're lazy and they can't be bothered to do it. And because there is an instant, I mean, you know, the content game, putting out content on the internet. You know, you might not see a return on investment for three years. Yeah, but I think there's there's another side to this as well. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk, for example, cracking guy, very inspirational. However, yeah. if you were to truly believe the words that he says, yeah, um, you would imagine that you could just hustle your way through to anything. Yeah, and the reality is that hustle doesn't do it. No, there's something more than that. Yeah, of course there is. Yeah. I still haven't put my finger on exactly what it is. Well, it's but it's not just hustle as well. You know, he's you know Gary Vaynerchuk. You know, was, has been on YouTube for over a decade. Mm. So and you have a head start of a family yeah, business. Yeah, yeah. And if people don't, you know, the time thing on content. You know, like the, the new people are coming into EastEnders tonight. For example, then there's a new person that watches a soap or something, yeah. like a program on TV. That back content has got them there in the first place. Someone said, "Oh, you should watch this." This is so you might start from day one of discovering that particular soap, but there's years behind them of people saying you should really listen to that. Yes. Now Gary Vaynerchuk's starting to get that now. Other business owners are saying, "Hey, Gary, I mean, if you checked out Gary Vaynerchuk, and then you go on there, there's a back catalogue of content that when you get to find them and discover, you know, them, he's credible at that yeah, point. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll touch on um, building a personal brand um, in about five minutes or so, if that's okay, okay. with you. Um, I just want to ju- just go back to some of the pains 
and some of the high points of scaling a business. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll get the boring stuff out of the way, but yeah, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. this really is the valuable stuff because it is uh, scaling a business that then allows you to be able to develop the content with credibility, yeah. which is key. So in terms of going from your sole trade business to a business where you had a team and so on, what were the biggest challenges for you in doing that? I think what what most business owners don't really nail down is what they want to really build. Um, so so I when I teach people this, you know, I say, look, you either go for a monstrously big thing or a big lifestyle business, yeah. and that's the sweet spot. Having a medium sized business is very very difficult. So someone that goes past that two and a half million turnover and they start turning five million doesn't mean that they're going to have a great double it personal income I mean like what I call yeah. PBA personal bank account income that's actually cash that we can extract from the business put in our personal bank account that's how I really sort of analyse what a real profitability sure. of a business is um, and so, so the person that goes from one restaurant to three or from you know on a you know, one bed and breakfast to three bed and breakfasts. Um, that the, they the, the second and third in that arm that doesn't mean that everything gets They're easier. Painful. Yeah, They're painful, really painful because the challenges grow, the staff numbers grow, yeah. the cash flow is tougher, yeah. and they don't necessarily have um, the freedom of let's say twenty or thirty where they can start that's to right, enjoy yeah. the residual income from it. Yeah, so, so I what, see it with franchises all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why uh, the franchises are that, that's sometimes a better way to grow because mm. you've got sort of owner operators. But even so, you have that stepped yeah. uh, that oh, stepped approach where actually for, for some people a skinny business is better for them. Yeah, that's right. So so I always say you know like for me I started when I was seventeen eighteen. And that really, and then I was employing people by the time I was nineteen, twenty. We had a big business by the age of twenty-one. Well, I'd say big. We was turning a million quid sure. when I was twenty-one. I didn't need any income. I didn't have a family. Yeah. I didn't need holidays. You know, I was prepared to work for free, and I did work for free. You know, I'd have this. You know, we was turning three million quid, and I was out doing kids' parties on sure. the side to live because the company needed every single penny that came into it it would cash burn at a colossal sure. rate because we was growing now i don't i don't want to sit here today and say that's the way you should do it i'm saying that's the only way to run a capital intensive business which mine is you know you need new equipment yep. new gear to grow it and blah 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 so i'm saying the only way to grow a capital intensive business is to go through some really hard years but you know I've got a family now and my view is I don't want to carry on doing things like that and I wouldn't want to repeat that back then no. because you only have a little bit of time but now there. you've got you've got a base of a business yeah. that is clearly scalable yeah. where do you see the party man group going well it's getting beyond the points where I can personally fund sure. it all um, you know I would, well, at speed, should yes, I yeah. say. So I could, you know, grow it 10, 15% per year mm. out of cash flow and me funding it through my property portfolio. Um, you know, we would need to look at what I would call serious outside sure. investment, private equity, venture capital. With the challenges that that brings as yeah, well. Yeah. But I wouldn't want to be a majority owner with those guys. Yes. Um, I don't mind Well, you won't, in, in reality, you, you might yeah, have a percentage, yeah. but you yeah. won't have control. No. And I don't want. So if I go sure. into that point, I'd rather be a real, you know, a 25, 30% shareholder giving advice on mergers and acquisitions. Sure. Um, and being a flag waver. Yeah, yeah. Which brings us quite nicely to content, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'd, I'd like to do that side of stuff if that's the way the business gets. Because, you know, big, big businesses, I'm not saying it's impossible 
to be 100% owned. Mm. Uh, but when they get to a certain size and you need capital, um, how are you going to do it? Well, that, you know, you absolutely very right. Rare it, it's very that. rare that you can self-fund a business um, you know, to the point of your Facebooks, your Googles, or something. it just doesn't happen. No, no, um, them are. <laughs> it has, everyone has external investment, um, debt finance, the whole lot. And even at the levels that we're playing at, which are far beneath the Facebooks, Googles, and so on, yeah. it's very easy for a well-funded competitor to find the way to overtake yeah, if, yeah. They, if they work out that secret sauce. Yeah. Um, brings us on to content, because you know, we, we mentioned about the fact that content is a hard slog, um, but it could just be that secret sauce for you. In, in, what, in terms of funding? Uh, in terms of funding, in terms of yeah. development of a business and attracting so, JV partners, etc. So, Carl, before we came on air, we had a little com- chat why you're doing yeah. content. And uh, I agreed with all your points that you said, and I'm sure we'll share them in a moment. But there's a couple of things I think what content does in terms of opening up doors to mm. speak to people. Um, you know, as we came in, we're doing this in London today in, a, in, a, in an office. Um, well, actually, at my bank, yeah. and on the way out, there was someone that I hadn't seen for seven years, and he said, "Oh, I've been watching your videos on LinkedIn." I mean, th- that's the other thing that content marketing—if you consistently do it—it's like you continue to maintain relationships. Definitely, with and, people. and I think there's there is a confusion, and this is, this might turn into a fireside chat. Let's see yeah. how this goes. Um, but there is definitely a confusion between starting relationships. I think yeah. that people believe that content marketing can just generate relationships yeah. and it can be the initial contact but it doesn't yeah. replace the human to human interaction no, no. which is then topped up by social media interaction yeah yeah so so a couple of things here when when we go and speak at events and seminars people come up to me and it's really strange kind they come up to me and go James wow I love I watch all your videos like is a really warm emotional thing yeah um, and do you have that awkward moment where you think I should know you no, because they, they, they end that. I mean, I've, yeah. I've learned to accept it now that they've seen me from videos and stuff. Um, but also, on the other side of things, if someone's seen me live at a seminar or a conference, mm. then they jump onto our videos. There's, there's a real powerful relationship. The way I talk about it is very much like dating. You know, yes, I'm sure you can meet your wife by having online chats and stuff mm. like that, or your girlfriend or boyfriend on online chats. But imagine if you meet someone face-to-face, the power of that text message the next day, subject to yeah. things going well, um, is more exciting than just texting someone saying, hey, what do you fancy doing tonight? And you've never had any contact with them. If there is some form of base relationship and then you put some humanised stuff to it, then yeah, I think some this is it. Yeah, I, I always look at the um, emotional bank account. I can't remember which personal development author talked about it, but they say that we all have an emotional bank account with which you can make deposits, you can make withdrawals. Yeah. And I see that with relationships, it's exactly the same. You have this bank account, yeah. and you need to keep it topped up through regular interactions, through yeah. your content, through even personal messages to them, yeah. um, and try not to withdraw too much, and then you'll be okay. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I think there's loads of truth in that. But I just, I, I, I love content marketing. You know, it's been going on for years, mm. and only of the privileged few were able to do it. For example, like Disney, they had the platforms sure. to put their stuff out. You know, all them Disney films and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a profitable entity in its own right, but the toy sales and the holidays that come off of all that content they're putting out there far outweighs what they're actually getting in paid for that content. And they put free content out online and stuff like that as well. 
and but that was for the privileged few, you know. Mm. You know, a celebrity had to be on BBC One or something like that, or ITV in this country. Now, because of Linky Dink and Twitbook and all those platforms, we can actually get our own content out there and build our own audiences. And it, it takes a while to do, but I think the time investment, if you get there, like a Gary Vaynerchuk, is huge. It's, oh, absolutely! It's absolutely worthwhile. Now, what what platforms are working for you, James? So LinkedIn is still uh, number one. Mm. LinkedIn over the last, I'm sure as you know, Carl, we've spoken about this, over the last 12 months have become a, such more of a social, you know, it's got a wall now. Well, do you know, it was amazing, but it was about 18 months ago, I I was actually attending an event and somebody stood up and said, LinkedIn's dead. Yeah. Focus on Facebook. So that evening I logged onto LinkedIn and it just became sticky. I don't know what it was, but it was yeah. that day. But I realised I was checking it at weekends, at the evening, and yeah. hang on, this is supposed to be a professional network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it has become more and more social. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you start getting the likes and the comments, yeah. your following grows, and it takes off. Yeah, I mean, I go on LinkedIn every day and have mm. a little look where I didn't do that five years ago because they've made it more social sure. I mean LinkedIn I think was really a platform for recruiters five ten years ago yeah. to find staff and you you put your profile up there and you just left it and I mean I used it as a as the best CRM system in the world because yeah. other people updated their details and that was it yeah yeah but now it's a platform where you can put a message out yeah and have 100 200 500 likes without yeah. really trying yeah yeah and and what I like about it is the people on LinkedIn um, especially if you're, I'm, I'm an entrepreneurially minded and so are you that that's a good space for those that place whereas sometimes on Facebook you know it's a bit more family friends yes. funny cat jokes and well the pro- <laughs> problem with Facebook is reach has just died as far as I've seen it yeah so live videos for example when the Facebook mention app came out um, it was available for verified users yeah. fantastic had it did a live video and I was just walking down the road talking and I got over a hundred thousand views okay if I do one now, I'll get a like from my mum, and that's it. Yeah. You know, it is family, friends, unless yeah. I pay to boost. Yeah, well, that's what they want you to do, isn't it? Sure. It's a funny thing, like with social media, is like when people hop the platforms now, don't they? Where, you know, Instagram's getting bigger and bigger all mm. the time, isn't it? You know, and the, uh, you know, Facebook, although they own Instagram, and they'll have to. I think it's really the kids don't want to be where their parents are at. Yes. So. You know, I, th- I think there'll be another one in ten years. Mm. As, because well, I think more and more older people. I think they're happening musically, TikTok. Yeah, you know, that's where yeah. the kids are gravitating to now, and I guess yeah. Snapchat and so on. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And and I think, I think that will happen. You know, further. we'll be the OIP home in Facebook. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so James, what would be your let's say three biggest tips for somebody looking to start content marketing? What, what would they be? Consistency, consistency, consistency. It's like buying property, location, <laughs> location, location. Yeah, I mean, the, the the big thing is consistency. Next thing, um, if you, I, 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 it's just tough to say this, but if you're not good on in front of camera, then don't use video as your yep. medium. I mean, there's plenty of people that are still hammering good copy and getting people reading articles. I mean, there's someone in this country called Boris Johnson. Um, <laughs> you know, he's artist. I mean, he's good on camera, don't yes. get me wrong, and he's a fantastic public speaker. But, but he's an amazing writer as he's well. He's an amazing writer. Whether you agree with his views yeah, or not, absolutely. he's just captivating yeah. 
the, the use of English That's is right. phenomenal. Yeah. And there's a, but he's a talent at that, isn't he? Yes. But, but there's a, also, there's different styles of content for different platforms as yeah, well, of course, I find. Yeah, of course. So LinkedIn, you can you can write in quite a captivating way for yeah. the LinkedIn audience. Yeah. But you put it on Facebook and yeah, you'll get your definitely. mates telling you what a plonker you are. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So I think consistency, know your platform. And, uh, and really the big thing is if you're not good on camera, don't try because you're just wasting so much time this you know and i think i'm quite good i'm the 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 acid test is are you super confident on yes. camera now if you can feel absolutely at home and confident on camera then it probably it, it comes is. down to whether you enjoy it or not yeah, yeah if, if you come away with a buzz that's right yeah good. yeah so um so that's that thing um and then number three is you really need to make it feel like a show mm. uh, and this is the the absolute key making it feel like a show Brilliant, brilliant. So what we'll do, we'll dive into the rapid fire questions. No now. worries. Yeah. Um, so these, James, you don't know them. Um, okay. But we're going to tee off with what is the one thing that people don't know about you. Um, <laughs> what's the one? This thing? is your chance to shine. Um, uh, I want to say again, I'm gay. <laughs> it's not that. Uh, no. Um, what's the one thing that people don't know about me? Um, hmm, what's the one thing they don't know about me? I suppose people that follow, I love dogs, but actually I probably do love people know about that about me. Um, what, you know, that's a really, and my, my world is it's so open. One, but you are quite open. Yeah, I am quite. Because I, I would struggle with the same question. Yeah. I suppose one of the things that, that, that I, I really do struggle with writing in copy to the point that I, I'm not dyslexic, but I, I could have been. And I sure. Have, I, I really struggle but I also understand the huge importance of the written word. As I get older, more and more so. Mm. Um, I'm very jealous of people that can craft a beautifully worded email to someone, yes. whether it's just, you know, why do I have to look over it four or five times? And I, I get frustrated with that. Um, so, you know, I've, got a, I've set myself a challenge to write three books in the next 12 months. Fantastic. Um, and, I, you know, that's going to be a big task. And what would your books be on? So... Number one's going to be called The Perfect Business, okay. which I'm very excited about writing. It's not actually going to tell you what The Perfect Business is, but it is going to tell you the traits and personalities sure. of a perfect business. So we're looking at things that are easy to fund. We spoke about that yeah, easier. Yeah. Some businesses are easier to fund than others. Some businesses are easier to systemize than others. Um, some businesses are easier to sell than sure. others. Someone wants to buy the business when you exit. Um, it's easy to find the management team for the business. I'm reeling them off now. Uh, there's a return on investment on your marketing efforts some people just can't get a return on investment sure. on their marketing efforts um, it's easy to find residual income uh, I definitely learned this now this is one if anyone listens to this this could be the golden nugget that okay. I get from the podcast you're, you're jumping ahead of question here uh, but go for it <laughs> I was going to say there's if I've learned I've got some other but some businesses are easier to build residual income yeah so for example an insurance brokerage business but if you've got a fish and chip shop now the gross profit is great there which is another thing in but the you need to get them through the door every day yeah yeah and and yeah and uh, which which yeah, you can and I'm not saying mm. don't own mm. a fish and chip shop but if I had my choice I would choose a business where the customer pays you regularly each month because I just think that is a real stress buster yes 
Yeah. I hate my businesses that in the terms of the feast and famine. Like my farm park today, I left where, where you know it's absolutely rammed. Last week, hardly anyone there. It's because mm. it's half term, so we have this feast and sure. famine thing, and it's very stressful for business owners if they're in a seasonal feast and famine yes. business. Okay, so, so that's just book a, number one. That's been number one. Number two is going to be called the property entrepreneur. Okay, I'm very passionate about property. I think it's a good thing that business owners and entrepreneurs have some assets yes. around them for retirement and not think about drawing income from that but thinking this is a minimum of a 10-year play sure. so I'm going into that so it's not really a book for people that just want to get into property there's plenty of other books yes. out there it's talking about how the business owner the entrepreneur should tie a property business around their operating company sure. their main business um, and then the third one is on marketing and influence okay but not just content marketing it's going to be what I think entrepreneurs small business owners and when I say small business owner, I'm talking about business up to 50 million yes, turnover yeah. so quite a, but I'm not talking about apples and cakes, sure, sure, sure. Know, so uh, it's looking at the um, the the small business marketing and very broadly the way I talk about it is you know business owners need to be running their businesses if they're in locations that they're running for mayor or MP yes some of the stuff that that happens around that process of doing it trying to win a local election and not trying to win the national election sure and that's how it can work okay so, so back to the question yep what don't people know about you? <laughs> you, well, you pitched I, your books <laughs> well I, I struggled for my um, um, I find it hard to relax okay which I think people, oh, he's a very, you know, you know, I find it, I find it hard to relax. I get that. I have to watch films to really zone out. You know, it's, it's a curse. You know, it's a. It's, I think it's an entrepreneurial curse because yeah, I can't even, I can't even sit through a film. Oh really? You no, know, I uh, that's probably that. something that very few people, apart from my family, would know. Is that if I um, go to the cinema, I would yeah. have to walk out after half an hour. I just can't. Oh, no, I can do that. I can't sit through it. I just, you know, it's a, it, you know, I, I agree on one of the because for people that are very entrepreneurially driven, the job is never done, and that mm. that can be frustrating for people around you. Yes, you know, uh, and I get that, you know, it's well, I've you got can't change who you are. You see, you I've know. got an interesting podcast coming up. I'm actually going to have my wife on one of them oh, to talk you? about living yeah. with an entrepreneurial personality and yeah. the challenges that that brings. Well, we should That'll be that. interesting. I, <laughs> we should do that. Yeah. That's something. She'd love to come on and slag me off for 45 well, this minutes. Is, this is it and you've, you've <laughs> no idea what could come at the end of it. You might have a divorce at the end of it. Who knows? No, yeah, I mean, that, that is a really good idea, that. Yeah, so if you listen out, you, you will hear it soon. Um, so the next one, if you were to set up your own mastermind group yeah. with three other people, who would yeah. be in it? What, anyone in the world? Anyone in the world. Dead or alive, fictional, non-fictional. Okay, Richard Branson, number yep. one. Now, Richard Branson helped me in business a lot by writing the book, Losing My Virginity. Sure. Which is still probably my best, most favourite business book. Because I read that when I was 15, 16, it gave me permission to employ people yes. when the things that I'm not good at. So if you're not good at administration, organisation, accounts and stuff, it's okay to employ people. And I find loads of entrepreneurs um, and start-up business owners um, feel they have to do so much of the stuff they're mm. not good at and then mm. they don't do the stuff they're good at because education is said yes. well you must learn how to do maths well, this is it. and also we, we have this strange fixation on fixing our weaknesses rather than playing to our strengths so Absolutely. I don't quite understand that Yeah, well, that, so that, that book really said yeah play to your strengths and gives me permission to do that so um, you know because you need to the, the, the big problem with entrepreneurs is that you, you go to your friends and family first yes because you trust them 
because they love you and you mm. love them mm. and that's how it works. And my big piece of advice to anyone and everyone is if your best friend or your family is Warren Buffett, Richard Branson or Elon Musk or Steve Jobs, then yeah, take their advice. But if yeah. they're not, then you've got to block <laughs> them out. Do you know, the other, the other thing that really gets to me is um, friends and family who say, yeah, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Yeah. And business owners actually believe that they have a good yeah. business based yeah. on these promises. Yeah, that's and right. promises don't pay the mortgage. Yeah, that, that's right. And so I learned very early on, I just don't ask family and yeah. friends for advice. Yeah. Unless they're, if they're business owners and super successful, then it's brilliant to go and ask those people what you think. Because you always get, you know, an entrepreneur, as a rule of thumb, is most honest with another entrepreneur. Mm. And I like that. Because uh, it is a, it's a, you know, a, sl- a slither of the the, the the population of the world that yes. sits in this camp. Because you know, I always talk about the Steve Jobs quote, and Steve Jobs, it was on a, one of the TED interview things that he did, and so you know, he said most people give up because they're sane. There is some insanity in all this. Why would you? Why would you give up a nine to five? Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah. You could earn a pretty good income. Yeah. You could sleep at night. Why yeah. would you do it? Yeah. And the reality that success businesses are like children you know it's only like at year 30 40 that they really become you know year 25 they say yeah you can leave home now and you're self-sufficient you know but people say oh after three years your business is all tickety-boo it's the first three years that's like leaving a three-year-old on its own yeah you know, when you look at companies like Apple, Microsoft, um, that we're in a bank right now. It's 350 years old, this bank that yeah, we're yeah. sitting in, Carl. When you think about that, the, the amount of years that have gone into something to be as solid as a rock. You know, you look at Microsoft, it's 50 years old. 50 years old, you know, and that's considered... I read an article about Microsoft saying how well they've done as a company, and it said in the article, considering they're only 50 years old. I mean, they're like number four most valuable company in the world. Mm. You know, but there's other companies that are like 100 plus year old that should be above them. And I just say, you know, it's an, another smack in the face. Yeah, that, I really get that. Well, the problem is, I know we're diverting off of the topic here, but yeah. it's a great point that you've raised. The entrepreneurial buzz at the moment is all about starting a business, building it, unicorn selling. Yeah. And the real world isn't like that. For no. 99% of businesses, no. it's a long, hard slog. Well, and, and Colt, there's so many super duper experts out there that, that say the people that are going down that route. Soon, you know, because it's all on a fantasy and it's mm. not actually about profitability, it's about ideas. And eventually, if you're not careful, ideas sort of trip up. You know, the yes. ideas have to be turned into a bit of reality. You know, oh, completely. This, I mean, yeah. this is where these bubbles come from. So, we've got Richard Branson. Who else in the mastermind? Uh, I'd have him in there. Um, Warren Buffett as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just because I'd like he to can say, pay for dinner. <laughs> yeah, he can pay for dinner. Um, um, Warren Buffett, Richard Branson. Um, I'd probably have as well Phil Knight. Now this has completely changed my views mm. because I've, have you read Shoe Dog? I haven't. No. So Shoe Dog is definitely after losing my virginity. They're probably in the next top five books. And one other guy, if I could have him in there, would be Go a guy it. called Felix Dennis. Yes. Yeah. So Phil Knight, Felix Dennis. I better say Felix Dennis wrote few books how to get rich an 88 narrow road mm. um and the reason i'd want him in there is because i think he was quite depressed in if i've read his books you know by the time he died he was worth half a billion quid yeah. very successful british businessman but he was very straight to the point as well in yeah. his books wasn't he yeah 
Um, and there's some really great lessons in there. He's more of a what I would call traditional businessman rather than entrepreneur. Sure. So made more investment-based decisions, um, whereas I think Richard Branson's definitely on the entrepreneur basis. Yes, yeah. Phil Knight's definitely on the entrepreneur basis, but Felix and Warren are probably more investment, on the businessman. Yeah. Yeah, no. Cool. So in terms of books, I mean, you've mentioned a few books, yeah. and you've got to put those to one side. Yeah. Um, which book? other than Felix's, Van Fields and Richard's, would you recommend to someone else? Oh, well, I have got to just quickly say one more about Felix, Dennis. There's sure. a book called 88 Narrow Road. Which I've is not a, read that one. That's a condensed version. It's like the abridged version of, of how, how to get rich. Okay. without. Because Felix was a poet and there's quite a few poems. Sure. They, they get on my nerves. But the 88 Narrow Road is a really, and I, I try and reread that every year. So that that's a really good one because I didn't mention that one. That's very good. And every entrepreneur should read that. Sure. Um, a lot anything by Dan Kennedy really yes, will yep. teach you about marketing uh, so Dan Kennedy some great stuff in there and I think um, at the moment I'm reading some Jim Rohn stuff fantastic now and whatever personal development business education if you go back all roads lead to Jim Rohn yes Tony Robbins worked for Jim Rohn's Brad Sugars from Action Coach worked for Jim Rohn went to his seminars um, Dan Kennedy you know they all lead back to Jim Rohn sadly he's passed away but there's yeah. a few YouTube videos of him Online and, and he is the godfather of that world. Yeah, he is. Yeah, um, but a bit more personal development than business mm. training. But but it's kind of integrated yeah, as an entrepreneur. Yeah, it's integrated, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, certainly Jim Rohn, Zig Ziglar, Brian yeah. Tracy. Yeah. Um, for me, they were the biggest investments of time in my early twenties. Yeah. They've paid back several times over. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Jim Rohn just really, really. Yeah, you know, and when you listen to some of the Tony Robbins stuff, you can—it's just Jim Rohn stuff. Yes. You know. Fantastic. So, one last one. Um, what is the best purchase you've made for about fifty to hundred quid in the last six months? Oh, that's a good question. Best purchase to fifty to hundred quid in the last six months. Mm. Uh, I can tell you, something for three hundred quid. Go on. A set of noise cancelling headphones. Yes, Bose. They are. Bose QC35s yeah. block out everyone on a plane. Yeah. Yeah. And because I, I like to work in an office with people, sure. I've never really liked my own office. Uh, but when I want to concentrate, you can put the noise mm. cancelling on and you can concentrate and do some work. I think, but you know, you can get some noise cancelling headphones and really, yeah, because we're all, there's so many distractions now, you know, for every human being. Yeah. There's six or seven key social chains. Um, that we all need to check there's emails and sometimes I think you can only focus on one thing at a time and do it to the best of your abilities sure. and they're very good for zoning everyone out and so I, I think they're a good investment oh, do you know I think that's because I'm easily distracted well it's a fantastic bit of advice because yeah. I need them myself and yeah. you know I perhaps don't realise how much I rely on them yeah, yeah. so on that basis I think I'll let you have that one even though it's a bit more expensive James it's been an absolute pleasure where can the listeners find out more about you well so we, we produce videos every single day so you can get yourself on uh, YouTube just type in James Sinclair business entrepreneur or party man you'll see um, we've got sort of 300 edited videos and they're very much like documentaries of how I run my businesses so there's you know they're, they're not just two content stuff well there is some a bit of that on there you can find us on all the major podcast apps for our podcasts um, yeah so they're the, the two main places and you can follow me on LinkedIn as well fantastic James it's been an absolute pleasure to have a millionaire clown as a guest oh, cheers, thanks mate. James thank you bye bye cheers uh-huh.
Thank you for listening to The Carl Reader Show. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and tell your friends. This podcast was brought to you by our sponsor, D&T Advisory, helping you unlock the magic in your business by adding value, not numbers. Find out more at www.team-dt.com. QuickBooks, helping UK small businesses stay on top of their finances.